Welcome in to episode 39 of The Bluest Tape. I am Harvey Couch, alongside Jeff Colas. And thanks for joining us as we take our weekly trip through the uh, live catalog of Widespread Panic. And um, as we enter the holiday, as they call it in England, the festive season. Um, Jeff, are you you're all ready for the holidays? You got gifts and things in place? Well, we've been doing uh, Hanukkah in our house for the last seven nights, I guess, and uh, we're planning on starting the uh, the Christmas portion of the proceedings last night with a uh, staff holiday party. But um, my wife went and got the got the death, uh. so that's that sort of uh, precluded us from having uh, my staff over. So. We're, uh, we're hoping that everybody gets cleared up enough time to go back to Wisconsin and freeze our butts off because it's mm. going to be like five degrees on Christmas Day. So, uh, so yeah, and, and a long answer to your question, yes. We couldn't be more festive here. How about you? Uh, yeah, no, we got uh, decorations up. We have uh, most some presents purchased. Uh, we got the big one for the boys done, so that's out of the way. It's now like hidden in the garage so they don't see it. And um, it's a horse, right? <laughs> it's one of those like Power Wheels trucks. Oh yeah. yeah. Quincy's been pretty consistent, and that's all that he wants for Christmas for the last six months. So I'm going to give him credit for that. Nice. Um, and uh, yeah, no. So we're looking forward to it. It'd be nice to have some time off work and spend some time with the family. I hope everybody listening has the same uh, and whatever uh, whatever their plans on plans are for this. Uh, festive season so we are going to take next week off um i know everybody's going to be busy so you're not going to have time to listen to our podcast uh christmas week anyway but uh we're going to take the week off and then we'll be back in two weeks with a, a new year's edition so that'll be fun i'm looking forward to that but um this week we are going to prep um college football playoff we talked uh at the very beginning of the season we made our predictions uh poorly on the top four teams and um and now we know what the actual four teams are so uh we're going to talk through that a little bit and play some music from uh shows in or around those those colleges and cities and um so that's what's on the docket for this week but um first we'll uh, we'll go into our uh our special uh pop culture section uh of the podcast and uh jeff what is your uh what's your recommendation this week of something that you've enjoyed recently so i'm sort of obsessed with this podcast right now and it, admittedly it's it won't be for everybody it'll be for a pretty probably a pretty narrow band of our listeners but um, there's a podcast called Dinner with Racers, which is literally just these two guys that travel the country and buy dinner for pe- race car drivers and people involved in racing. And then it's just them. The thing I don't like about it is you hear them eating and listening to somebody eat while and also talk. It's kind of annoying sometimes. But anyway, great. it's a great um, sort of – it's like listening to people tell stories about racing and, and sort of the behind-the-scenes stuff. And it's it's really good. Good stories. Um, it's a lot of, a lot of funny, funny stuff. And especially from talking about drivers from way back when, but also some, you know, kind of heart wrenching stories about, about guys who passed away and, and other 
other things. So, but it's really enjoyable. They ask really good questions and, you know, race car drivers are a pretty effusive bunch and they tell a lot of good stories. So again, I know it's not for everybody, but it's pretty great. So it's dinnerwithracers.com. You can get it on iTunes too. Um, and they're on Twitter and stuff and it's, so it's well worth it. So if you even have a passing interest in motorsports, it's definitely worth your while. Okay. So I want to go with the podcast too. I did go see, um, the last Jedi, but in the interest of no spoilers of any kind, I'm not even going to talk about, I'm just not gonna make any comment on the movie, but we'll talk about it maybe in a few weeks when, when the, the time has passed enough time has passed that it's, that it's fair game. But, um, I'm going to go with the podcast as well. It is, uh, it's from slate, uh, and it's called slow burn, a podcast about Watergate. And, um, it kind of goes back and digs in, uh, sort of how they 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 position it as you know with uh all the president's men there's like all all the build up and then um i don't know it's basically like everything that's not covered in all the president's men and and it's also sort of positioned in uh they don't really come out and say it like specifically but it, like often it come you you know it at least to me, uh, you're like, you know, uh, this seems familiar <laughs> to the things that I'm seeing on the news today. And um, so it was, you know, I guess it's more like you don't realize what's happening until it's already happened. Um, you know, how the coverage was and it was like the Watergate affair, you know, for a year or two until it's things started coming out. And, um, and so is I guess that's the whole thing of the slow burn that it's not like a, a single aha moment. It's just sort of a, a continuous uh, buildup. And so it just tells some of those stories about that. And so I think they've got maybe three episodes down. I'm not sure how long it's going to go, but um, they're pretty short and, and really interesting. So I highly sure. recommend that if you're into the, you know, the history and also current events type thing. So I'm not going to take the bait and start ranting about current events and, and make this the least popular episode of our podcast we've ever had. Or so. the most popular. You never or know. the most popular, depending. Um, so, yeah, Star Wars, I mean, you liked it, right? I I did like it. I don't want to, like, again, I don't even want to, because honestly, and th- I'm not usually like this, and I don't know why, but... Um, I went in with literally zero. I mean, I'm a pretty big Star Wars fan and I had not seen the trailer. I had not read ah. anything like, I mean, nor, and I'm not normally like that. Like I watched the trailer for all the other ones, but um, it was like a month or two after it had come out and I still hadn't seen the trailer. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to not, I'm going to try to avoid any. And so I really didn't have any, you know, in, you know, I had no sense for what was going to happen except for sort of you know i'd seen the previous uh installment so i knew sort of where the story was going but um i don't even want to know like i don't want anybody to tell me if it's good or bad you know what i mean like that sort of gives it away too like if they're like oh my god it was the best star wars movie ever and then or like eh, you know it's different you know i don't want to even hear i don't want any of that i just let me go in and make my own opinion and uh so i don't want to i don't want to influence anybody one way or the other and, and how they go into it. So um, after the new year, we can talk about it. I, I take it you haven't seen it yet. No, I saw it. Okay. All right. I, saw it. I, I skipped work on Friday morning and went to go see it. I went, so. I went at Saturday. So I knew that I had, I had lots of work going on at work. And so I knew that I wasn't going to be able to play hooky. And um, 
And so I went Saturday night at 11.15 p.m. p.m. And, um, oh, my God, I'm not 20 anymore. I mean, the movie didn't start till 11.30. It's two and a half hours. Like, I didn't get out of there until t- t- after 2. And then it's a 20-minute drive home. I mean, I got home at 2.30 on Saturday. It's stupid. But... Um, <laughs> But well worth it. I was I was happy to go. But anyway, I wouldn't re- I wouldn't recommend that for anybody you know out of their twenties. And that's uh, our seg- old guy radio yeah. segment for, <laughs> yeah. for this week. Um, uh, okay, so uh, we'll digress. We we'll get into uh, let's get into some music. So um, we are going to start first uh, with the is the four seed right? Yes. So, so this is the uh, Rammer the, Jammer Yellow Hammer. That's right. Well, so we're going to start with the Allstate Sugar Bowl. I oh I oh I used a sponsor. The Sugar Bowl, formerly US F and G Sugar Bowl. Mm. Um, and it's uh, it'll be New Year's night where the Sugar Bowl belongs on New Year's night. The cat is always the capper to a great New Year's Day of football. Yep. Um, in the Superdome in New Orleans, uh, Alabama versus Clemson. And uh, so we'll start off with the one team we got right in our preseason predictions, Alabama Crimson Tide. I figured we'd get at least one. Um, <laughs> I mean, one out after, of four ain't bad. After everybody lost. And, you know, for we probably would have gotten two had Ohio State not died against Iowa. So, um, But we'll start off with Alabama, and we're going to play a segment from a show April 9th, 1994, at the Riverside Amphitheater.
Thank you, Tuscaloosa. We'll be right on back. Thanks again, Junior Brown. April 9th, 1994, on the campus of the University of Alabama in Tuscaloosa. Uh, you heard the end of the first set, two-set show, uh, Pigeons, Heroes, and Porch Song. And um, cool to hear the band on, on campus. Uh, they talk about the fact that Junior Brown opened up for him a few times during the show, which is kind of cool. I don't know that that happened very often. I'm kind of too bad he didn't come out and jam with them. That would have been pretty, pretty neat. That would have been cool, yeah. Um, but you've got a little bit of uh, a little bit of history of this uh, venue, which doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, there's an article that we dug up on Tuscaloosa News, and it says the University of Alabama's Riverside Amphitheater has no walls. It's a scraggly-looking, slightly sloping area of green grass surrounded by a chain-link fence and fronted by a medium-sized wood and brick stage. And right before, that's at the start of the article, which later on they say it was going to get torn down for... Uh, new dormitories new residence halls f F that you know what i'm so (laughs) tired of is these kids these days are so coddled on campus i mean i when i went to school the 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 all boys dorm that i stayed in that had been built in the 40s had cinder block walls you slept in bunk beds. The closets didn't close. I mean, and then, but so then the kids these days, they've got like, they're like condos that they live in that have, you know, Starbucks built in the bottom and, uh, you know, a smash burger or whatever. And it's like, and so we're, we're losing places like historic outdoor music venues in order in the name of, of progress. Well, let me put my eyebrows down after you raised your voice like that. Um, that was unexpected. Uh, you know, progress is progress, but it seems that the, the city of Tuscaloosa apparently has built a new amphitheater downtown mm. called the Tuscaloosa Amphitheater. I'm sure it's I'm sure it's sponsored by something. Is it the is it the the Nokia Amphitheater or something? Wikipedia just says that it was. Uh, it just says Tuscaloosa Amphitheater opened mm. in 2011, and. The one of the the first band that was supposed to open was Kenny Chesney with Uncle Cracker, but oh, it was canceled. Well. So the Avett Brothers and Band of Horses were the first bands to play. That's a little better. The Tuscaloosa Amphitheater. Um, I would say I like Uncle Cracker better than one of those bands, <laughs> oh, but I won't say which one. Um, I was going to say, are you going to start an Uncle Cracker <laughs> podcast? <laughs> um, hey, he probably does like a thirty-five minute version of Drift Away. With um, like a dark star tease in the middle of it or something, um, but no, I think uh, you know it's all in the name of progress, Harvey, and the University okay. of Alabama with all that incredible revenue that they're receiving from the football program, which I'm sure is going into all of the great academic programs <laughs> at that fine school. Um, you know, and the, so those kids that are living in that dorm, I'm sure, are you know receiving the best education that yeah. money can buy. Um, so, um, and then just uh, you talk about progress, you know, this is, uh, we listen to these, this show from 1994 is definitely a band in a, a transitional stage. Um, and you know, I think, I'll, I think we sort of agree that that maybe fall 94 is, uh, where the band starts to, starts to make the turn and, um, and spring 95 is when they really start ratcheting it up. But, uh, this is a cool, cool moment in time. And, um, and neat that they were playing on campus here uh, for the university. Um, now, uh, 
Uh, do, do we? I guess we, you don't want to make a prediction on this game until after we play the ne- the next segment, and then we'll talk well, about the game. Sure. And I think when you hear this next segment, I'll just say that I'm going to go by the quality of the segments that we're playing. And mm. this next segment, it, I'll leave it up to you, but mm. it's better. Um, so I think we will we'll jump over to the fine state of South Carolina and over to Clemson University um, for another visit at the Little John Coliseum. This one taking place also 1994, October 6th. And this is the encore from a really pretty great show.
girls my younger See a face on the wall on a hundred, hundred years I'm younger
Widespread Panic at the Little John Coliseum, Clemson, South Carolina, at Clemson University, The Encore, uh, from October 6th, 1994, Send Your Mind, and then Rock into Chilly Water with special guests David Blackman on fiddle, Alan Woody on mandolin, Matt Epps on timbales, and Warren Haynes on guitar. Um, yeah, so like you said, if we're choosing the quality of music this one is this one is better. This is uh, uh, this is one of like the first tapes that I can remember having, and I wore this encore out. It was so good. One set show um, that's good but pretty straightforward. But definitely this encore um, is sort of next level. And um, I love. I mean, I love Warren on guitar, but I love Alan Woody on mandolin too. It adds uh, adds a lot to the sound, I think. And uh, so I dig this. Um, 
and again on the campus of the university uh they played little john coliseum five times i think um and that is the that's the home of the tigers still right they they still, still is, play yeah. there yeah so and i always thought that was a cool um a cool name <laughs> for <laughs> for a venue so um yeah well i think this uh this is this is not the segment that I wanted to play, but I think we've made the right choice. Um, I wanted to play a segment from the '97 show, but this is great. I, I again, I had this on cassette and played it in the in the car a lot. And um, it's funny. I was going to make a comment about Alan Woody's mandolin playing because I was going to say something snarky, like you know, wouldn't wouldn't exactly call John Bell and Alan Woody like masters of the mandolin. <laughs> But the thing that Alan does, if you listen to him, is like he's not really doing anything except playing kind of the same thing like over and over again for especially on rock and like he's basically playing a rhythm mandolin, right? Um, and it's really cool because it like gives space for Blackman and Warren to kind of do their thing, mm-hmm. but it adds like this really cool texture and yeah. vibe to it. It's really cool stuff. It's really neat. Yeah, um, yeah, because we yeah. you're not you're not really all that you don't hear. Rhythm quote-unquote rhythm guitar with panic that much you know i mean jb kind of plays fills or uh different things and so it's neat to hear that that sort of underlying texture like you said but uh love when warren sits in especially on the early this you know the 90s and just just starts wailing on slide i do like how when they come out and jb says it's warren and alan from the allman brothers band i was like (laughs) you know government mule opened right you know they're they have this other band we're just you, well, they should consider themselves lucky that they, he didn't introduce them as the Warren Haynes band because that's probably <laughs> that's probably what he did, you know, the last time they played. Tales of Ordinary Madness, mm-hmm. um, great record. Anyway, um, but yeah, this is a great show, and this sort of goes into my pick. I'm taking Clemson all the way in this game. Um, I think Clemson is. You know, Deshaun Watson is a pretty incredible player, but Kelly Bryant is a damn good quarterback, and their defense is still amazing. And I think they're just, they're fast, they're good. Alabama's played one good team all year, really, and they got smoked by Auburn. Um, but again, Coach Saban's the best coach in the game. Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback. Um, they're going to run the ball like crazy. I'm sure they'll come up with some fun plays, try to get Ridley the ball, but I just have a hard time seeing Clemson losing. I think that, and the, I mean, this is the third year in a row they've played. I mean, this is the, this is the rubber match. And, um, you know, I don't know if Debo, Debo and I would, uh, I don't know if we have a lot in common other than we both like Clemson football, but, uh, I like that guy a lot. I think he seems like a solid guy. And, um, and I think he brings a lot to, Brings a lot to that team, brings a lot to that program, and it's kind of hard, for me at least, kind of hard not to root for him. So I'm going Clemson. I'll go 38. I'll go 38 to 28. That sounds like a fun game. Yeah, no, I like uh, I like Coach Sweeney too. It's it's really, I mean, it's amazing what, uh, what he's done there. You know, I mean, they were always perfectly fine, but, you know, I'd put him at sort of the same level as Georgia Tech or, you know, sort of, middle to upper tier of the ACC until he got there. And then um, obviously they've been, had a pretty good run the last few years, but um, you know, I think I'm going to just to be contrary, I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick the tide here. I think uh, the fact that they're playing in new Orleans is going to help a little bit. Uh, And I just, yeah, uh, uh, I'm going to, I want to take coach Saban and uh, Damian Harris. I think he's, you know, underrated as one of the best running backs in the country and um 
Yeah, it'll be fun to watch. But yeah, I'll take the Tide. Um, Twenty-eight, twenty-four. Ooh, lower scoring. Um, yeah, you know, Clemson. They always talk about Clemsoning. You know, it's like a as a verb. <laughs> right. And uh, you know, I remember when in the eighties when I was growing up, they were always pretty good, but they could never beat Florida State. Like that famous game in eighty-eight where Florida State fakes the punt and um, the whole thing, and like obviously they won a national championship in eighty-one, and you know, so they've always been decent, but they've kind of fallen off the map. But now they're like one of the top three programs in the country mm-hmm. um, in terms of there's always going to be there and he gets good players and he coaches them up and they're a fun team to watch. And, and uh, so, yeah, it'll be a good game. And like I said, it's perfect. It's the way to close out new year's day in the Superdome with the sugar bowl. So, well, we'll move on to the, the, the two, three matchup in the four team college no. football playoff. No, is this right. officially the Rose bowl game or is this it... is the real? Yes. Okay. This is the Rose bowl. I didn't know if it was like the college football playoff, you know, at Pasadena or something, nope. but it's a, it's the actual bowl game. And then the championship game is something different, right? It's the national championship game. And that's okay. Thank you. I, I feel like my father now when I'm like, no, what are, <laughs> what are they doing these days? I mean, it, is there a championship game in there? So, so yeah. you've ranted about dormitories. You, I mean, next thing you're going to do is talk about, you know, kids pulling their pants up or something. So, uh, yeah. Um, but, uh, but yes, that is the national championship game. Is and where are they, and they're playing that where? I think it's in Tampa, Atlanta. Next year it's in Tampa, I think. Atlanta? Tamplanta. Tamplanta. That'll be Monday, January 8th. Um, uh, okay, so yeah, so that's like, and so that will rotate to not necessarily yes. a, bowl, a bowl site. It would, you know, they could play it in, um, you know, Memphis. Well, I guess that's a bowl site, but you know, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't have to be in one of the traditional power bowl cities. I guess no. if they're playing in Jacksonville or you know, no, Orlando, in Atlanta, Atlanta, and Tampa. It'll be in Indianapolis at some point. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it'll move around. It'll be in Miami or Tempe and that kind of thing too. So. Okay. All right. Uh, well, thanks. Yeah, so, thanks, young man, for telling me about all the. Sure, uh, sure. You know, so, Oklahoma, That's right. So, Oklahoma, Georgia. Uh, Oklahoma's the two seed. Georgia's the three seed. Um, you know, Georgia lost once this year to Auburn. Oklahoma lost once to Iowa State, which at that time, you know, everybody sort of anointed as the uh, the giant killer. And they beat, I think they beat TCU, too. Um, but both teams are, both teams are really good. I mean, these, you it's college football so competitive that you're just bound to have a bump in the road at some point. But, um, but yeah, this should be a good game. Looking forward to this one. This one, this one will be the Rose bowl. So that'll be the traditional late afternoon slot on, uh, on new year's day. So we'll get started. we'll start off, um, in Oklahoma, uh, the band has never played in Norman or never played at OU. And so we have to choose between Tulsa and Oklahoma city and, so chose a segment from a July July 11th 2000 so summer two summer two or 2000 um, from Tulsa the Brady Village Amphitheater and we'll get started with Bears Gone Fishing.
All right, widespread panic in Tulsa, Oklahoma, the Brady Village Amphitheater, July 11th, 2000. Bears gone fishing into Ride Me High, back into a very brief uh, tease of Bears gone fishing into Give. And the companion listed as a bear, split Bears gone fishing, Panic Stream listed as a split Bears gone fishing. Um, if it's a split Bears gone fishing, it's very, very subtle, um, I think. Um, they do sort of go back to the theme a little bit at the very end of the, of the back half of the second part of the split, um, that just Hauser kind of plays a few of the licks a little bit. And so it's there, but it's not as prevalent as what it, what it would be. I would, I would, you know, be more along the lines of calling it tease, but, um, this whole show is pretty good. There's some, after this, they do a really nice LA chili, ain't no use, um, drums chili that's that's pretty good uh can't find my way home at the after at the end of the second set um and then first set's really strong too yeah so panic stream lists the the back half of the bears gone fishing at one minute and 37 seconds so um like i said very brief um this is a good show from the middle of a pretty good summer tour from 2000 um they played in tulsa a bunch of times played indoors at the brady theater uh, now they played outdoors at the Brady Village Amphitheater. So pretty good show. I would, um, this is a good example. JB struggles a little bit with the lyrics on the on the beginning of Bears Gone Fishing. And um, I would uh, count me among the group that, that I like this song better as an instrumental. Um, I'm not crazy about the lyrics. Just never really kind of did anything for me. But as an instrumental, I, I kind of like it as a, as a slow groove and um so th- i would i would hold this up as an example especially when jb like botches the lyrics that it's even worse <laughs> but um but no it's cool to uh, i definitely uh, you know it was it was neat to hear the just the return to the theme and then i like the ride me high was really good too but um and this is also timely because uh this was I guess right before the beginning of the 2000 college football season, which was uh, the year that Oklahoma won the, the title, uh, like Stoops' second year when they upset Florida State in the Orange Bowl um, with uh, the Josh Heupel was the quarterback. I think so, yeah. Wow. And, um, yeah, they won, uh, uh, they won the game against Florida State and sort of an upset in my recollection. So, mm-hmm. um that was Stoops' second year, and um, so timely, timely choice. What do you think about "Give" as a song, Harvey? What are your thoughts on "Give"? Um, I think it's fine. You know, I, uh, I'm not crazy about it in like a in a power slot. You know, as a closer or um, you know, in a prime spot in the second set or something. But I, you know, it's fine. Uh, I liked it earlier on and then I think maybe I, it's one of those songs that uh, is good the first few times you hear it and then maybe it gets a little boring the more you hear it. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I think it's a pretty good tune. I mean, I think it's a song that fits in a bunch of different spots. I think it's good as an opener. I think it's good as a closer. Um, it is sort of, you know, it's, it, I wouldn't say it's, it's certainly as good as a utility player. As some of these other songs we've talked about filling in that role, but I like it quite a bit. Um, it's, mean, it's, it's, it's not a, too long, you know what I mean? So it's no. not like, you know, if you're, it's just like, <clears throat> ah, it's got, you know, it's got a couple of cool little themes and, 
Yeah, it's. It, I would put it at like inoffensive. You know, it's not. It's not like a pee break song, but it's Hi. not like. It's not like. Oh yes, it's give. Woo! High praise. High praise. <laughs> I would. Uh, I mean, that's. Yeah. That's you know, fun. I think it's another one of those songs that I think if if JB's into it, sort of takes it to uh, yeah. You know, another another level too. But it's a good song. I like it. So. I mean, it's probably uh, it's probably my you know. So probably my second least favorite song in that set, you know. I mean, yeah. With, but uh, yeah, that's fine. Well, now you're making me feel bad. I picked this part of the show. So. We need to we need to mix it up. It's just like you know when you had those dream set lists that you put together. You got <laughs> you have to find a place for those songs. You can't it can't be, you know, you can't play Arlene, Chili, Hatfield, you know, every night. You got to mix it up. You could it'd get really boring. Um, okay, well, let's go to our final selection of the of the evening. And Harvey, I think you you chose this one, so you want to tell the folks a little bit about it. Yeah, so this is the um, this is the first official uh, show by Widespread Panic from um, uh, February sixth at the Mad Hatter Ballroom in Athens. Um, I picked this. Um, I mean, there's lots of choices in Athens. Um, I, I did consider the, the the record release party, but then I, I feel like we, we we talked about maybe doing something special with that on the 20th anniversary in April. And we've covered some of the New Year's and the Halloweens in in '95 and '93, and um, so I thought if you're going to go back, you might as well go all the way back and um also thought this was you know it sort of made sense because this is uh you know timing wise the the closest that panic has played to a georgia national championship um (laughs) so like this is just we go back as far as we can and then we're we're almost there 31 years ago um but uh yeah, so this is like is this our first foray into the eighties, maybe? No, we did a didn't we do an eighty nine show? Okay, maybe we did the show at yeah the uh, three eleven eighty nine. Okay, so Monroe, definitely Georgia. first like eighty six, eighty seven, like super early. Yes. And um, so I listened to the whole show and a couple things. Should should I save this for after or should we? Well, I'll, let me just cover this first part. Um, so they open it up with uh for what it's worth which um you know in hindsight is kind of a you know a prescient song to be playing on the first concert uh, you know the first song played as a band um you know that that may mm-hmm. make some impact you know so that was kind of neat um and that they then follow it up with two originals i mean the rest of the i guess the encore with uh with Wrangler, but then the rest of the show is all covers. Um, but they, they open for what it's worth. And then they played two originals, which seems like that's kind of a ballsy move in your very first show when you're maybe like expected to be kind of a, you know, whether it's a dead cover band or a seventies rock cover band. Um, but that you come out with, with these two originals right out of the gate. And, um, so I, I thought that was kind of cool. And they did that, um, it was a 2011, I think, when they played their anniversary show, and then they played. They opened with these three, with those three th- songs, "The For It's Worth," uh, "Sleepy Monkey," "Chilly Water." So I considered playing that s- section here, um, 
but I didn't want to give up the chili water from Clemson that we played with Warren and um, and Alan Woody. So that kind of took it out. And but then, so the the, the thing that I picked out and is is a little more unique too for the time because you you don't hear these songs together much, you know, after this point in time. But um, so this is like it's a one set show. This is right in the middle. Um, it's it's three pretty rare covers and um so we will uh we'll take you to the mad hatter ballroom in uh, athens georgia february 6th 1986 todd nance's first show the first official widespread panic show
February 6th, 1986, the Mad Hatter Ballroom in Athens, Georgia, the very first official widespread panic show with Todd Nance on drums. Uh, middle of this one set show, uh, the Bob Marley classic Heathen, uh, the Grateful Dead classic, the other one, and then the Traffic classic, Dear Mr. Fantasy. And I agree with you, Harvey. This is, um, I'm not going to say I was totally surprised how much I enjoyed this segment, but I was kind of surprised how much I enjoyed this segment. Yeah, um, yeah. I it, mean, you, you uh, just, I don't mean to interrupt, you sort of expected it to be like, ah, you know, yeah. more like, you know, ah, oh, that was interesting, but it actually was pretty good. Um, I never got into, you know, back when, Digipanic and Panic Stream was a thing and people were trying to upload shows and trade and stuff and everybody was doing these you know 85, 86, 87 projects things and it's you know for me it was just like a big shoulder shrug I never really paid much attention to it because I'd heard a little bit of it and it didn't do all that much for me but not saying I'm going to go back and listen to everything that I have or that I could have from all of this but this is really good you know I think they're um it's really indicative of where they were as a band at this time, you know, playing dead covers, playing Bob Marley covers, Warren Zevon, you know, traffic. It's just, it's, it's good stuff. They did a nice job with it. So. Yeah, no, it was, uh, and I mean, it was pretty, um, I mean, the, some of the transitions were like pretty, I mean, I guess uh, you, you have time to practice when you're, you know, when you're not playing shows as a band, but, um, I don't know. I just, I was sort of impressed with, with how, um, not sloppy it was you know um but maybe you know i heard later on you'd hear some sloppy parts but but this show in this segment right here i thought was you know i mean all things being equal was was pretty uh pretty good so pretty 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 good i don't i don't know if you knew or not but this so this was actually the i guess the 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 land where the Mad Hatter was is where the Classic Center sits now. Oh. So when they played those those uh, anniversary shows, and or when they played in 95, but when they played those 25th anniversary shows in 2011, they were literally standing on the same ground as they play, as when they played these uh, this show back in 86. Nice. So, That's super uh, cool. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so enough about Panic. What uh. <laughs> What do we want to? You got some. You got some uh, analysis about the two three matchup here. Uh, I got a hot take. Um, always, always. Uh, I think we're. You know, this. I'm looking forward to this game a lot. I think um, you got the Heisman Trophy winner. You got Baker Mayfield uh, pitching the ball around for OU. Um, you know, they haven't really missed a beat at all from last year. There's been some pretty good players and on the inside and the outside. Um, and then you got Georgia who, you know, Kirby Smart's a pretty smart guy, no pun intended, and that defense is great. Offense is, is, is pretty good. They got two they got a great one two punch and Chubb and Michelle in the background, uh, or background backfield. Um but I think this is gonna be a really good game. You know, I think um OU is gonna be there the whole game. Baker's gonna be pretty tough to beat, but I'm 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 going with the Bulldogs. Um I think there, I'm looking forward to a, a Clemson, Clemson Georgia battle for the national championship um, in Atlanta. I mean, oh my God, Georgia, Georgia and Clemson in wow. the in the brand new stadium in, in in Atlanta for the for the championship. So I'm going to go Georgia. I'm going to. It's going to be close though. I'm going to go 31-28. You know, I think for, you know maybe. Mayfield's got the ball in his hand at the end of the game with a chance to win it, and Georgia's defense comes up with a big stop. You know, again, they've they've beat some good teams this year, but 
you know they lost to Auburn and you know Stidham had a free, was was pretty tough and Alabama couldn't be couldn't beat uh, Stidham either. So I think it's but Georgia did obviously get him back in the uh, SEC championship game. So uh, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough it's gonna be a great game it's gonna be a close one. So but I'll, I'm I'm going with uh, I'm going with UGA by three. Um, I think I'm gonna agree with you on this. I think I'm gonna go all SEC in my championship. Show my my regional bias. <laughs> but um, I, do, I think Oklahoma's got a, a really good shot to win. Um, mm-hmm. And I think uh, I worry about, even though I, I'm, maybe I'm placing too much uh, emphasis on the on the location and when I previously picked Alabama because they were playing in New Orleans, but um, I worry a little bit about uh, Georgia having to go all the way across the country and play, you know, uh, under the lights at, uh, in the Rose Bowl where, you know, Oklahoma may be a little more um, – not quite as quite as big a deal, but um, yeah, I think that uh, I, th- I think the difference is that the, the Georgia's defense is maybe a little bit better than Oklahoma's. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I, I tend to, you know, le- lean in that direction when it comes to the to these big uh, postseason games. So um, yeah, I'd say probably uh, uh, 27 twenty three, Georgia. 27 23 okay so so then we got to make our picks well we'll we'll be back uh, yeah we'll be back we can do a a championship when we get both both of them wrong and it ends up being (laughs) one of us gets both of them wrong Uh, but they're going to be close games i think they're going to be good games i think if um you know people were some people namely the state of ohio was kicking and screaming about um uh, ohio state not making it but frankly it's the best possible thing for the playoff and honestly the best possible thing for the people of the fine state of Ohio because <laughs> they, 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 they can't take, they can't take the pain after getting skunked last year by Clemson and they weren't going to have much of a shot um, coming back again this year. So I will, you know, I'll, I'll, I, uh, I think we were going to see two great games. I think the best, the best for, I mean, the same thing if Wisconsin had gotten into, I mean, again, that's my home state and that's my team, but ugh, it would have been brutal. So it's probably for the best that, uh, we, I think we got the best four teams. So I think we should sit back and enjoy it. It's going to be great. Well, and you know, we talked about, um, I, I assume that you're in the same group that, you know, been sort of arguing for a playoff all these years and, you know, the argument, the counter argument was like, well, you know, then you're going to have to choose between four and five and somebody's going to be mad. And that's obviously what happened this year. But, <laughs> but I would so much rather argue about who deserves to be the fourth team among four than who deserves to be the second team among two. So, yes, exactly. Um, you know, I, I would prefer that, that margin of error, but um, I think honestly it, it needs to probably be eight. If you want to have a real, um, you know, a real true, balance but i'll, I'll take well, they got to do it the right they got to do it the right way though i mean if they do eight it's got to be all the conference champions or the five power five conference champions two at large teams and then if there's a team a like small, a central small team. A central florida is undefeated and yeah. within you know, the top 15 then you got to give them a shot because yeah. if you're, oh, totally. you're going to go to eight and keep them out again it's like then why are they even f you know why are they even you know fbs schools at that point yeah. Just, no i would i would argue that you would have that you would have to put a small you know a non big five team in whoever's the give, best one sure and you give them and i think you know somebody on the on the tv or the radio said you know if they go to eight then you cut 
<clears throat> you cut the conference championship games out. You do the round of eight games that first weekend in December, and they're you know the highest seeded team hosts the hosts the games. And I think that's such a great idea. Mm-hmm. Conference championship games are are you know I don't think you need them anymore. Um, you know they've been the games aren't very good. They've been sort of at a foregone conclusion the last few years in most of the conferences. Um, but I think if you put you put those home games in there, I mean, again, you could have had like Central Florida going to Clemson. You could have had you know Wisconsin getting in and going you know going something going to like going to Georgia or going to Alabama or something. Mm-hmm. Or God forbid Alabama having to play a true road game like in the North at some <laughs> point in time. Like like that would that would be amazing yeah. if they could, if they could do that. So if they're going to do it, that's the way I hope they do it. But I'm sure they won't. They'll come up with some other way to make way more to money. Screw it up. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so but it should be good games and be something to look forward to after uh, after the the Christmas season has passed. So, um, yeah, Harvey, got any closing thoughts for everybody? Yeah, did you notice that uh, that the NCAA finally came down on UNC? <laughs> no, what did they do? Uh, the the uh, the NCAA. This is a headline from um, what was it December fifteenth? So it's a few days ago. Uh, the NCAA penalizes Northern Colorado basketball for several infractions. <laughs> Did so they they were that that North Carolina cheated so much that they had to punish Northern Colorado. Uh, not bitter at all. Um, that, no. At all. F- uh, final thoughts. Uh, I hope everybody has a wonderful um, holiday season. Uh, you know, if you're traveling, be safe and. Um, you know, I hope everybody gets to be with family and, and the ones they love. And um, we appreciate if you're listening to this, that you allow us to come into your homes um, or your cars or your iPod headphones or wherever, however you listen to it. We appreciate it and um, appreciate the support. Definitely, um, you know, Facebook, Twitter, email. Um, we always like to get feedback and, uh, and appreciate the people are enjoying it and uh we'll keep plugging away we'll, we'll we're going to take next week off uh for the holiday and uh and then we'll be back um i guess the day after new year's with an episode a uh a new year's eve uh spectacular i feel like there's some good music to play from uh new year's eve runs but um yeah so thanks for having us jeff you got anything no i just want to thank everybody for being with us for the first 39 episodes and hopefully 39 more and again i hope everybody has a good hope they've if you hope you've had a good hanukkah hope you're going to have a good christmas and if you're you're going to be like me and be up north bring your warm clothes and your long underwear because it's going to be cold so um but everybody uh again hope you have a good safe good good safe holiday and thanks for tuning into the bluest tape